Hello there, Mr. Fonte. <laughs> Hello, Miss Mahogany. <laughs> <laughs> so to all who's going to be listening, this is the official and first episode of um, Aunt Talks. And Mr. Fonte and I thought it would be a great place to start with um, toxic parenting because a lot of our issues often stem from childhood. Um, it was Mr. Fonte who suggested this um, as it fit into a lot of narratives of our lives. And um, I will let him take it away. Right. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. So basically, one of the things that I wanted to discuss, and a lot of people are discussing about this, or talking about this, I should say, is I believe in, was it? Uh, Beaumont, Texas, or Beaumont, Texas. I'm probably not pronouncing it right, but in Texas. I think it's Beaumont. Probably, Beaumont. yeah. <laughs> I butchered the name, oh man. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> um, there was a video that had surfaced about mm-hmm. a mother that was, I believe she was probably called to the school about her son getting in trouble. But what she did, she actually started doing some so-called, and I'm doing air quotes on this, discipline uh on her son that i believe was only seven years old where she was hitting him with a belt and threatening to break his face and being disrespectful to the teacher and just really embarrassing him at the school and Mm -hmm. the reason why we wanted to talk about this today is because a lot of us it might not be um exactly how the little boy was done in that video, but a lot of us have experienced um, this from parenting uh, that has caused a lot of issues later down the road, especially within the black community. So it might not be to the extreme of uh, what the lady was doing in the video, but what she did do in that video is going to affect that boy for the rest of his life. Um, Unless he gets some type of counseling or um, or if he has at least a grandmother or a father or a big sister that can be some type of a nurturer to him to where it will be a little bit easier for him to get over stuff like that. But still, that's your mom. You only get one mother in your life. Mm-hmm. So uh, we wanted to like, definitely like in this podcast, we definitely want to talk about a couple of things that we either experienced or witnessed that other people have been through or or us ourselves have been through that have caused issues later down the road as far as how we acted in jobs or other relationships or just towards friends, family, stuff like that. Right. Um, It goes on to shape how you interact with others and family members and and so forth. Yeah. And one thing now that I wanted to talk about, uh, I had jotted down a few things and I'm just going to kind of ad lib a little bit from the different uh, topics mm-hmm. that I had written down. Um, it seems as though that the lady, she was just, uh, you kind of, you know, in the, in the black community, you, we can be a little strict and certain things that we can do is, can be excessive. Like it, 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 it can be extreme or at least look extreme, but a lot of the things can be a front too. You know, if you, if you get, there's like this whole narrative or this whole stereotype of 
okay, you know, I'm a black person in public, so I got to show out and I got to make everybody look at me as this person that don't play. And, you know, that don't play attitude, you know, where somebody has to be like, oh, I don't let nobody disrespect me and got to get loud and front and front of everybody and stuff like that. Like, just to embarrass somebody like your kid, you know, that is very toxic. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's, but it's like, unfortunately, our thing as a Black community, that, that's us, that's our thing. And, right. God, that's so, that's so unfair to have to kind of grow up in a situation like that, you know, it might not be your parents directly, but it might be an aunt that shows out like it. It might be an uncle that shows out like it. You might have a best friend that has a mom that shows, you know, you hang out with your best friend and the mom might take you out somewhere, but she might be fronting or, or the dad, you know, even the pops might be fronting like that, making a big scene or a big show, you know, when embarrass you like that, yeah. you know, and I've had situations like that, you know, it hadn't been my parents directly, but I've been embarrassed like that while I've been a kid with, with, uh, older black, um, adults you know and and don't get me wrong and this podcast isn't about just bashing uh the black community or anything like that by any means we're just talking about um just different little toxic things here and there placed here and yeah there. and adjusting you know trying to get to the point of it and adjusting the 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 ways about you know parenting mm-hmm. and and finding more healthy ways to do that yeah. but i think in I feel like there's a direct correlation because if we look at this, mm-hmm. you know, and you look back at slavery, I mean, I've, I've grew up with my grandmother um, beginning, you know, my earlier years uh-huh. up until I was like seven mm-hmm. um, or eight. And my aunts and my uncles were teenagers. And of course I saw them, you know, get their beatings and their whoopings and things like that. So I, you know, I came from that, um, lived a little bit of that old school, you know, um, lashing, if you will. Well, I mean, as we both know, um, in slavery, you know, if you ran away, if you looked at somebody the wrong way, or if you, whatever you try to do, it could be any little thing, then, Uh you know, the slave owner is going to come beat you. You are used as an example in front of everybody else. And it puts Mm -hmm. fear in you for what you should not do. It's manipulation. It's control. It destroys the spirit of any person. And that, and it did exactly what it was meant to do. So that lesson, you know, you know, serving, you know, it, it was used as a means for, you know, survival so then what the mother does which is what she would do is she would get her child and she would beat him well enough so that he hurts or that she knows not to do something because if massa did it to you you might not come back from that exactly so so here's what we have happening subconsciously where we're repeating this behavior um to our kids and i'm not a mother but I am guilty of it to an extent. Uh-huh. Um, I, I've, you know, verbally, you know, got loud, cursed. I didn't call, you know, a child out of the name. It doesn't make it any better. But mm-hmm. the mental damage, the spiritual damage, the emotional damage that it causes is is very traumatizing. Uh-huh. And I was a victim of it myself. I mean, and then I think we also have to look at, you know, because as a mom, as a, my mother, I, you know, she unfortunately, you know, 
is not one to, you know, voice her opinions. And that's another thing is, you know, people don't really consider one thing what they're going through and really talk to each other. We don't, Black people, we really don't get the chance to express ourselves in a healthy way. So right. a lot of times, you know, it'll come out as bickering and arguing and fighting yeah. when it could be done in a healthy manner. And we haven't been taught that. That's not what we've been taught. Exactly. So then, you know, because maybe my mom is frustrated at work, which she hated a job. Mm-hmm. And I was not a bad kid. And anybody could tell you that. And if I did the slightest thing wrong, there was all this rash, you know, this all this wrath unleashed on me. Oh, yeah. And I got, I got my ass beat pretty bad. <laughs> so, you know, and, and I could, you know, I remember there was a few times where, you know, and, and where it was just, I'm like, okay, what was the reason for that bad beating? Like, I didn't need, you know, something to show me, you know, I didn't need it that bad to show me that I was doing something wrong. So mm-hmm. I literally became afraid of doing anything. And, and I feared my mother rather than respected her yeah and so our relationship in turn became strained and really didn't have much of one and so I think that's what's happening here is maybe you know the mom got caught off of work because you know if your mom gets called off of work you about to she's gonna let you you yeah. embarrass her by acting out and I think also what's being overlooked here is that just maybe this kid was acting out because I, I read the article. I've seen the video. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's not, it, it doesn't make me feel good to see. Of course it's disheartening. Right. But from, from my understanding, from reading a few articles, um, the kid had gotten into a fight um, before and he's been having behavioral issues. Uh-huh. Well, lots of times behavioral issues are because of a lack of something in the home. Mm-hmm. Learn behavior exactly. all starts, you know, not that, the kid can't get, you know, bad from behavior from elsewhere. But a lot of what you learn starts at the base and, and in that infrastructure of your home. And mm-hmm. maybe, you know, I don't know whether he saw something with the mom, you know, you know, being combative and, and arguing back and forth and being disrespectful. But as I've seen, you know, throughout life, you know, usually that's where it comes from. It comes from home. It does. You know, that and so he's going out and he's repeating this and she didn't sit down, you know, and ask him like, hey, why did you do this? And I feel like it's interesting, which I just kind of thought about, you know, in society. Not really for us black folks, but we have, you know, everybody gets their is supposed to get their due process. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, you're you're innocent until proven guilty. Mm-hmm. So here it is. Have this young black boy, you know, his teacher just said, you know, he did this or, you know, and, and I'm having issues with him. So he comes and she automatically just, you know, just turns up on him and yeah. she's, she beats him in front of everybody. And he doesn't get asked, what did you do? What mm-hmm. happened? Why mm-hmm. did you do it? Exactly. What made you do that? Mm-hmm. Now, that is treating a kid like a person. You know, yeah. because they are a person and mm-hmm. it's just you're already guilty because somebody else said so. It's just more like a word of mouth. Right. And that was also done to us. You know, if if you you know, there's I can't remember the case It's called the kissing case uh-huh. where this little girl had kissed a black boy. And, you know, he you know, the, the white folks in that time claimed it was, you know, um, 
it was molestation. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and the abuse. And mm-hmm. so they set out to go, you know, practically just murder, murder the little boy and, yeah. and, and his parents. So that's the difference. If it's, if it's a white or white counterparts, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to be heard. What exactly. happened? Why would, you know, there's a reason why they did this. And, and we could literally do nothing. And, and yet we're ostracized in the worst way. And we, and that's yeah. what we were, you know, that's what happened to us. And we repeat that on each other and even our own children. Mm-hmm. So, um, I've had to look at myself, like what happened to myself and then ask myself, is this who I want to be? Is this what I want to put out into the world? What am I doing to this person? And, and also looking at it from a standpoint first, what was done to me and then seeing, you know, okay, have I repeated this? Yeah. You know, and I don't know if, if you, you said you've never really had that situation happen to you, fortunately, but you've seen it, right? That is correct, but uh, I can't really say no, it has not happened to me, but okay, I'll say this. I have, it has not happened to me publicly, like how it's happened to the, to the little boy, but it has happened to me um, behind closed doors, you know, where I've had like my mother just jump on me real bad and I wasn't necessarily, and, and there's been a time or two where it really was not my fault. And then there has been, of course, many of times where it has been my fault. Cause I'm not saying I was a really bad kid or nothing like that. I was, I was a pretty good kid, but you know what I'm saying? But, um, but yeah, it, it was, um, it was one of those things where, you know, when you're, um, when your parents, they grew up old school. So it was just like, no back talk. You're automatically guilty. And, right. and you know you have to face the consequences of stuff that you may or may not be guilty of and uh one thing that i was going to ask uh ask you before i um mm-hmm. before i um uh move on i was going to ask you what do you think about religion because i grew up in a religious household so when i say a religious household like it it wasn't like one of those um go to church every Sunday, but it was like really, really, really heavy in the Bible and practicing, you know, the word and all of that. But it was like, don't get me wrong. It, it don't get, now when, when I say this, it's like my situation is way more good than bad, but no situation is perfect. If you know what I'm saying. So, right. you know, on paper, if you was to look at it, you would say, hey, hey, this is pretty good. This is a nice, this is a nice situation right here. But, mm-hmm. but, um, but, um, if you were to, but if you were to look at it as like, from my point of view and what I've experienced, um, there's been some toxic things in there and, my main thing is like, say, for instance, if um, if I wanted to go out and do something, say, for instance, if I wanted to go out with some friends and um, just simple things like a sleepover or going out mm-hmm. to a dance or just mm-hmm. going out to the mall, to the movies with friends at a really young age, I was not mm-hmm. allowed to do it. And religion was used against me as like a little backup or, or it's like, like a little uh, crutch to use like, okay, well, you know, uh, 
what if Jesus were to come back and you're out there sinning with all the heathens and stuff like that? You know, I'm just giving this as like a little yeah, lame example, but that has happened to me. And that has been like etched in my head, you know, mm-hmm. and that's always been, that's been used to me. You know, religion has been used to me, uh, used at me as like a tool for fear instead of like, Right, I see what more you mean. like so education instead of being educated. So right. it would be interesting to me, though. Did you come from a situation like that where it was like, you know, church every Sunday, or just it was at least preached in the household and stuff like that? Whether it has or has not, it's still interesting. Well, you know what? While I did go to church, I went to a Christian school, uh-huh. and um, it was private, and it was practice. We did Sunday school and all that stuff. Uh-huh. However, um, no, it wasn't used against me. Um, it was just more <laughs> the, the thing that was used against me was that you know, you know, if I do something, you know, if you do this, that's your ass. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I know how, and I know how much that hurt. So you know, it. So it just that was alone enough to keep me from doing anything. Now, I'll growing up. I was always, I mean, I grew up around kids, but I was, and I still am introvert. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I was a homebody. So I preferred to be at home with, you know, my family. Um, I didn't really have um, a lot of friends like that mm-hmm. because I was just, like I said, I was, I was more to myself. The yeah. only friends that I, you know, I really had was just, you know, cousins or, you know, or, my mom's friends, kids and things like that, that I would see from time to time. I really didn't have interest in having a friendship with kids beyond the playground. Uh But um, I mean, I recall a time, you know, as far as like where I was in kindergarten, I remember this girl, her name was Sierra and she had freckles. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we were playing with this kid named Mark and we're playing tag, you know, simple and plain and I remember we went inside our classroom, but I don't remember what we went in for. Mm-hmm. Then I decided I wanted to go play on the swings for the last 10 minutes of our lunch break. Uh-huh. Um, mind you, this is kindergarten. And apparently, Sierra and Mark were still playing. Yeah. Um, I don't know what happened, how they got in trouble. Uh-huh. But um, Sierra apparently snitched on me little snitch <laughs> and, <laughs> and was like well such and such is doing it too and I'm like and and I was and I'm like we're you know they're asking my teacher's like asking me questions she's like what happened and I'm like I don't know what you're talking about and she was like were you you know and she's like were you playing tag and I was like earlier why I was like I just came from you know on the swings and she's like oh well you're in trouble and I'm like what what did I do she was like you were playing tag and such and such fail and I'm like I didn't have anything to do with that. Yeah. But I just know, I just, you know, from experience of the slightest thing done wrong and, you know, nobody never, like I said, even grandmothers and aunts and uncles, nobody mm-hmm. asked what you were doing. Why are you doing it? Where did you learn right, this from? Right, so right, In my mind, I'm like, okay, that's my ass. Uh-huh. So wrote a note, stuck it to my shirt, you know, stapled it to my shirt. Oh, wow. And I took it off and I hid it because I knew right then and there I couldn't talk to my mom. <laughs> and you know what I mean? I knew, yeah. I knew, I knew that what that meant. And I was not, I was like, screw that. I can't talk to her. Even though I didn't do nothing wrong, 
I knew she wasn't going to believe me. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I hit the note. Yeah. Uh, she went to my backpack <laughs> and still found the note because um, uh, I think the teacher called and made sure. Uh-huh. And she was like, well, why did you? She was like, did you do She was like, did you do what she said you did? And I'm like, no. And she was like, well, why did you hide it from me? And I, and you know, as a kid, you just sit there because you don't want to yeah, say the wrong thing. Yeah, yeah, I already know. <laughs> And I was just like, and I was like, because I was like, because, and it was just because I knew I didn't want to tell her because I didn't think she was going to believe me, which she did, you know, and lo and behold, I still got my ass whooped for some shit that I did not do. So that, you know, set the precedence for how I would, you know, communicate with my mom Mm -hmm. and to, you know, to sum that up, there was none. Yeah. I didn't really talk to her or ask her things unless I had to. Mm-hmm. I didn't share anything with her. And unfortunately, today, that's still, you know, it's still the case. Mm-hmm. And it's due to, of course, a lot of other things. But, you know, as parenting, I wasn't, you know, it was a lot of things that happened growing up to me as a child that should have never happened. And because I wasn't given a voice, you know. And, you know, elders, what they say is right, even when they're wrong, as you realize when you get older. Mm -hmm. And that's just what it is. Mm -hmm. So I just kept things, you know, to myself. And if I got in trouble for something that I learned from somebody else or from something that happened to me, you know, I repeat it. Yeah. Then that's what it was. And, you know, our, you know, children are suffering under that because they need to know that they are human. We need to start treating our kids, our, you know, our, you know, our children and our young adults and teenagers within the community as Mm -hmm. people, because they are people. When you don't ask them what's going on, when you don't talk to them, Mm -hmm. when you don't analyze their feelings, how is your day going? What happened? Mm -hmm. What's the matter? Can I talk to you? Mm -hmm. Um, and, And just those little simple things opens up a gateway to so much positive change. Yeah. And, just as these toxic behaviors are found at home and it gets repeated out into society, mm-hmm. if you just do that simple step, it can mean, you know, all the difference in how, you know, they put that out to somebody else. And then when they grow up and start their own family, you know, that'll change that generation. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, you know, you don't get, you know, a proper form of, of, and it's just like, it, it also associates with love, mm-hmm. you know, you associate that kind of treatment with as, okay, this is what, you know, love is for my parents. And it's not because I Mm -hmm. was accepted of that. And I didn't know it was toxic until, you know, literally at, you know, at the age that I am now, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to share by the way. (laughs) (laughs) It's all good. Maybe maybe next time, maybe later. (laughs) Maybe maybe never, maybe never. But, you know, and saying that this is what we are taught and for us it's so normalized and yeah you know and it's not and i'm not saying that it's the black community's fault for what you know for what we've learned mm-hmm. but we are responsible for our own change exactly we are responsible for that i agree 100 percent and yeah i'm so glad that you mm-hmm. had brought that up because you know that was the main thing uh, especially bringing up that uh, you kind of stay to yourself. You're an introvert because I was kind of the same way growing up. Um, I had my little, of course, you know, I, when I was younger, you know, my safe place was gaming. I would just zone out, play games. Oh, yeah, me play both. <laughs> Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64, whatever was available at the time. 
So gambling, all that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And all of that. So I I would say, you know, uh, when I was younger, my older sister, she was more of the outgoing, wanted to see more of the world. I was just like Mm -hmm. her. We used to always go outside and pretend like we're on these adventures and stuff like that. We always wanted a dog or a cat or something like that. So we're always like finding strays and bringing the strays home. (laughs) And our parents would always be like, get that stray out of here. Like, no, no, you can't. You can't have the dog. (laughs) So. So, you know, my sister being the older sister, you know, she. Um, when she was making friends and stuff, they um, she always wanted to go out somewhere. She always got told no. And just seeing how she was treated when she would try to like do stuff. I mean, like I'm talking about when like you say do stuff, you I said what now? So when you say do stuff, like what in particular? Oh, just, and this is going back to the whole religions, just saying no for the hell of saying no and Mm -hmm. um, using religion for as a fear tactic instead of like education and spirituality Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. You know, it was just more like, uh, no, just because we don't like those people or no, because we don't think you're responsible enough. So we're going to use this Mm -hmm. religion as a tool to try to manipulate you into not going to and guilt trip you the whole time. So after seeing Mm -hmm. her go through that, you know, she used to kind of put up a fight and try to fight back and not not fight back physically or anything like that. But she used to try to have Mm -hmm. a voice. And when I witnessed her try to have a voice, oh oh my God, it's just just like Armageddon. It's just like she would get Uh just shut down. First, she would just get clowned. Like they would just like completely destroy her verbally. And Uh then um, they would threaten her physically. Like they would say, hey, I mean, we'll... (laughs) We'll give you a whooping, whatever this net we're not having. You say it one more time. You know, I've seen her, well, her get into it with my mom, where my mom had slapped her before just because my mom did not like something that she would say just basically by having a voice. Nothing disrespectful, but me witnessing that, it kind of just like shut me down from wanting to even be bothered with them as far right. as like asking them to do stuff. And it shut me down as far as like certain things that you know, my sister was interested in, I would be interested in it too, but I would just be like, "Eh, there's no point of even trying to do it because I know I'll get shut down and I seen what happened to her. And that just kind of like, I don't know, it just had its effect on me. And then um, it put me for years. I was never open to my parents about anything that I was going through. Like if I had a crush on a girl, it's not like I could just sit with my mom and talk to her about it because she was going to slap me in the face with a Bible or, or just tell me, hey, at that age, don't worry about stuff like that. Or, I mean, you know, even though she keeps saying that it would be right. But at the same time, you know, you you don't want to just be out here in the world just discovering stuff on your own. You kind of want, you know, yeah, somebody to talk to about it. And what better than your own mother or your own father, you know, to talk to about that. And like I said, at the beginning of this, you know, I I still, even though I'm talking about different toxic things that have gone on um, in our family, I still, I I think they were just great parents. There was just a lot of issues, you know, just going back to the black community that it's just kind of like etched in our brains as far as like how to raise kids and just having this no nonsense and quit to cut the kids off and not give the kids any type of a voice, you know? So, you know, those are just 
two, well, a couple of experiences that I just wanted to like talk about, you know. And before, you know what, before it slips my mind, because you said it about them being great parents. And that's one thing, you know, I've, I've gotten my ass handed to me <laughs> for the most minimal things. And, and I, I'm not and laughing I know at that. you. I'm just laughing at the. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I do feel like my parents are great parents, you know, as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. However, you know, to, and, and to bring up, you know, um, concerns and voice things as an adult, I've even found, cause I like, I'll, I'll be honest mm-hmm. and uh, I've, I've, I've tried, I've absolutely tried. So right now, if I try to have a, an adult conversation with my parents, I will literally, I will have that confidence. I'll have everything that I'm going to say, mm-hmm. but there's no winning because yeah. they will demean me mm-hmm. and they will tell me how I'm wrong. And because of, they're my parents, I'm wrong. Right. Right. And right. I will turn back into that little five, six year old girl who cannot, you know, speak, who's scared because that's how they see me. Mm-hmm. Um, like it was even said by my father, like, you know, I, you know, we're not used to you being. And I'm like, hell, I'm this age, but <laughs> but they still see me as that little girl. Yeah. And like, I have to do what they say. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and that's just and if I'm telling them about, you know, their and I won't say injustices, but, you know, mm-hmm. just there where they I don't, and, and I don't want to say where they failed, where they went wrong at how they hurt me and what I want them to, you know, not necessarily apologize for or take accountability, but just recognize how things affect me that they have done. Yeah, there there's you know, there is their antidote for it. It's, there's a blame shift because they feel like it's an attack on their parenting. And it's yeah, not yeah. Glad you brought so that they up. Don't, right. And they don't, you know, receive, you know, information because it's not, it's not what they want to hear. It doesn't fall in line with what they know. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not going to say it's like trying to teach, a, you know, an, an old dog to new tricks because they're, you know, they're fairly, you know, young mm-hmm. and um, for, you know, for having had me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're, you know, they, they understand, you know, both you know um eras you know that they all the eras that i'm in Mm -hmm. the one that they grew up in and the one that they you know had from their parents Mm -hmm. so they understand that however you know there's this refusal to you know hear and listen yeah and understand and i think it's because you know it would be turning a mirror on themselves and then there'll be some guilt or responsibility that they have to accept and maybe they're not but what I've figured in that is I can't force them to do that. They don't mm-hmm. have to. That's their choice. I love them regardless. Mm-hmm. But that's what it is. And I know that it's that way for a lot of kids. I see that even now with uh, a cousin who, you know, she's a wonderful teenager. She's smart. She's bright. Mm-hmm. She's turned out very well for the things that she's been through. Yeah. But you know, she, I see her get silenced by, you know, my relatives the same way. Yeah. And I, you know, and, and I, you know, I had to put my foot down and I was like, you know what, stop telling me, you know, how to feel, what to do. And I'm, I'm, I'm an adult. You have to respect me, mm-hmm. but they can't seem to, because you are younger and you are the youngest and you are, you know, they're your elders. It, you know, there's not a two way street in that. Mm-hmm. And so with that, you know, 
of course, communication, learning to take a breather, mm-hmm. I would say is like one of the first things. Take a breather, take some time to yourself a few days, come back to it, say, hey, you know, what happened here? What are we missing, you know, with your child? When you do that in front of your kid, they they are seeing that you're one protecting them, mm-hmm. that, you know, they feel secure, safe and love. And that's that they'll, you know, have the willingness and the openness to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Another thing that that does is that changes their behavior mm-hmm. because they're getting attention from you. They're not neglected or at least they're not feeling neglected. Right, right. You know? um, like they're, you know, like they're not invisible. And I know of. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I know I wasn't visible because a lot of things happen without anybody noticing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, um, but, and, and I, and I have to deal with that. I mean, you know, but that's the thing that's, you know, there's a positive way to go about that. Um, when it, I don't, I mean, when it comes to fathers, I mean, my, my dad never hit me, mm-hmm. you know, he just gave me a verbal beating. Of course, if he felt that I was doing wrong and that was enough. Mm-hmm because he and I had a close relationship, but, um, you know, we, he, you know, and that was a thing. He got a lot across to me by communicating and talking. Yeah. Um, there, like I said, that's a great way to go about it. Um, I even seen a video where this, you know, you don't have to yell at your kids to get them to do something. Um, there was a father who was, military background i think his son was about like maybe seven or eight years old yeah and he the son got his son up you know ready for school literally in five minutes brush his teeth and he didn't you know when he made a mistake he's like no 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 slow mm-hmm. down calm down what are you doing you know yeah. but the 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 tone mm-hmm. was always you know even or close to even mm-hmm. there was no verbal lashing yeah. you know no cursing any of nothing it right, was positive. Right. He pointed him out when he was wrong, and there was positive criticism, and the boy received it, and you know, mm-hmm. got the job well done. Yeah, that, you know, it, and if the kid did do something bad, hell, I mean, there's iPads, TVs, you know, phones that these kids get that I didn't get at that age. Take it away. <laughs> I've had to do that. Yeah, I've, I've had to do it. My little cousin, you know, oh, you will never forget this. I remember he told my grandmother we had got back from the grocery store that he didn't want to help come pick up the groceries and she's yelling and cursing and things like that. And then, and I'm like, stop yelling. No need to yell. I'm like, it's okay. Now mind you, I had, and I love this story cause it was great. It was hilarious to me, but it's also a great learning point yeah. where I had bought all of my cousins who are like my nieces and nephews. Mm-hmm. I have bought some honey buns. It was like, uh, they had like, what I think like maybe 10 honey buns for like $3. Yeah. So I bought some from the grocery store and I had bought it from all the kids. And, you know, even the youngest baby at the time, she came three years old trying to help. Yeah. And the cousin who didn't want some help here, he had his came with his hand out and was asking for a honey bun. I said, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, you don't have one. He was like, why? I said, because I said you were disrespectful and you told, you know, grandma what you didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you I said, when you don't do what you're supposed to do. I said, you don't get anything good. And I said, oh, no Xbox, no PS4, none of that. Mm-hmm. I said, you can go watch TV, though. Oh, that hurt his heart. He couldn't play the game, and he was watching everybody licking their fingers with the uh. icing on it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I saw it. I, oh, it ripped him apart. The tears was real. Mm-hmm. I kid you not. The next time I came, it was just me visiting my grandmother's house. He ran to the door. I came to help with the groceries. <laughs> 
<laughs> so he learned his lesson and oh, he didn't have to yeah. just completely get exactly. destroyed. And right. he didn't, I didn't have to whoop him, didn't have to pop him, nothing. Right. And even their own mothers and my grandmother, you know, when I take away the game for, I'm like, you know, if, if the crime fits, then I'll make the, you know, the punishment extensive, mm-hmm. you know, no, no video game for a few days and things like that. No TV, no, you know, nothing that you can enjoy that's going to bring joy to you. This is what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the reality is, is because if they have to learn this lesson out in the world, they may not actually get to learn it because they'll be six feet under. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times do we see, you know, you know, black men and women, you know, get, you know, get killed just off of breathing alone. Right. right. You don't have to do anything wrong to be guilty of of doing something because you're black. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was explaining to them. And they still think it's, you know, that I'm extreme or that I'm mean. Well, I'm like, well, I would rather be mean to them, to them there and, and have them alive out there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's the whole thing. But I didn't want to do it by beating them. I didn't want to do it by slapping them, cursing them out because that's not healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm my own person, and I turned out great. Mm-hmm. Um, but who's to say that the next child might? You know what I mean? Especially yeah. with all the cards we have stacked against us, mm-hmm. you know, already. Mm-hmm. So you want to, you know, bring about the most, you know, healthiest, you know, upbringing that there is, and that's a way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, take away the things that they love that you know that gives them enjoyment. They'll learn. Yeah. I've seen it happen time and time again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, any? Did yeah. you have any? Did you want to add to that or? Yeah, uh, just kind of going back to what you said earlier about you mentioned that your father was the main one that would talk things out with you, and and uh, mm-hmm. I guess I guess you could say he was more so up than the nurturer I guess you could say where he was no I can't really say the nurturer but just the one that that you know would kind of talk things out with you and and let Mm -hmm. you really express what's on your mind and stuff like that which is interesting because it was the same thing with me where my father was more like the guy that well the parent that would come around and he would talk to me and 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 um really try to get me to open up about things that were on my mind um, cause he would know, he was the main one that would notice that I would be avoiding them and, um, not really being expressive and, and just not really getting involved when it, in, in social activities and stuff like that. So he would pick up on that. And I'm talking about years ago, you know, when I was real young. So, um, eventually I did blossom the, um, uh, in the, uh, later teenage years, you know, I was a lot more social, but. Uh, when I was going through that awkward phase, you know, where, you know, you're like, I don't know, 12, 13, and you're kind of built funny, you got pimples all over your face, you're just, you know, going through that phase, you know. But um, mm-hmm. funny part that you brought that up, because I wanted to mention, you know, just going to, I would say, like, late teens, early 20s, mm-hmm. I would say. So, just getting back to like the dating scene, you know, not really having a voice in the household and not really having like a mother that kind of like checked up on me and was really like, but kind of like what I was talking about earlier about how uh, you can't really, t- I couldn't really talk to my parents about, 
you know, just express myself and have a voice and just talk about what was on my mind. So eventually when I did like um, start dating seriously, don't get me wrong, you know, you you have, you know, when you're like in your mid-teens, you know, you have little, you might have a date here and a date there and you have your little flirts here and there, but I, I didn't really take any of it serious. But when I did actually take a uh, relationship serious where I had a girl that I really, really liked, um, that thing about me that was that was uh, bad and was toxic about me that I didn't really know yet is that mm-hmm. I immediately I liked her or at least thought that I liked her just because um, she was giving me something that I just did not have as a kid, which was like some like basically female attention, you know, uh, and mm-hmm. so I pretty much got attached. So I was kind of like one of those guys that was just like. I don't know, send a phone, like send a text or a phone call, like every five minutes. Hey, where you at? What you doing? I haven't heard from you in like three seconds. Like what's going on? You know, I was, it was kind of like one of those situations. And, you know, uh, I don't really think that that situation ended with me on the bad end or any of that, but I kind of noticed um later down the road I was just like oh I was really like that like I was really I was really like toxic like I was really attached to someone and me now to be attached to someone it's like oh heck no like no 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 I can't but that's just going all the way back to my childhood where I wasn't really like nurtured like that by by my mom and Mm -hmm. You know, I wasn't really able to express myself and really just kind of like let out feelings and emotions because, you know, I'm I'm this black male and, you know, I have to be treated tough and I have to be tough, got to be tough. You know, you, you can't really like, I don't know, right, ex- exactly. express myself. So when I was in a situation where there was, you know, a female, you know, kind of being, you know, um, uh, I don't know how I could say like soft towards me or being a girlfriend or a friend to me, you know, or yeah, that person, or you know, that person that I could tell everything to, you know, when you, when you finally, you know, when you meet that person where it was just like, oh, this is somebody that I can tell everything to, you know, I found right. myself being attached and a little bit possessive and toxic, you know, and mm-hmm. it was just, uh, that's just how that affected me. But, you know, mm-hmm. good thing I just had that, you know, because once you found what you were actually missing, you know, in the household, it was kind of, you know, it was hard to let it go and you were like, protective over it, right? Yeah, and that's yeah, it. and that's how it was, and that's how it was. And mm-hmm. it was just like, I'm really glad, like, because after I had gotten out of that relationship with that girl, you know, I talked to my sister about it, and, you know, mm-hmm. that right there, that's that's my best friend. That's my, that's my dog right there, my older sister. We are like, <laughs> we are like the Wonder Twins. We... <laughs> That's my dog, but she has been my counselor (laughs) that I have made my counselor ever since, I don't know, like my early teenage years. But, you know, Mm -hmm. one funny part about it, you know, um, just bringing that up, uh, just saying that she's my counselor. I remember, I don't know if you've ever watched like the Jackson 5, what's it called? The American Dream, the Jacksons, the American Dream. Okay, so, you know, stereotypically every Black person has seen it. Uh, household item. <laughs> right. But yeah, so it's funny how like watching that movie and watching all the boys together 
in the basement. I, I don't know if they were just in a room or in the basement of one of the houses. And one of them was about to get married. And they were all talking about Joseph or Joe Jackson, how, you know, they were all basically talking about him. Like, basically, they were just over it, like how he's just wants them to be all about the group and they can't just go off and live their own lives. That's basically what they want to do. They want to go out and live their own lives. So the boys just kind of all band together and, you know, they just kind of like talk to each other, like they trusted each other and then this and that, you know? So I just remember there was, there was a part in the movie where they got to express themselves to one another, but in other parts of the movie, you just see where the father was being, you know, just real strict or, or sometimes abusive at some points and stuff like that. You know, not saying that I've had a Jackson 5 upbringing. I'm just saying, you know, I'm just, just giving that as an example. But um, going back to my sister, yeah, you know, that was that was my best friend growing up. Still is my best friend. Like I sent her a text today, you know. Mm-hmm. just you know checking up on her we, we got like to lucky you for having <laughs> you know, that because i mean even though i've had um brothers and sisters i have my half brothers and sisters mm-hmm. um my i have my half brother my half sister she's older than i am uh-huh. and then all of the other kids were i mean most of us are close but we're all spread out and we all have different mothers and uh-huh. then of course i have my stepbrother and my stepsister but mm-hmm. Um, you know, as we got older, of course, because we lived with our respective, you know, mothers, things like that, you know, the communication became strained. Mm -hmm. So I really didn't have, um, you know, that, um, shoulder, if you will, to express Mm -hmm. whatever to, um, you know, that was going on. But when it came to my father, you know, I wouldn't say it was nurturing either. It was more, you know a man talking to a young woman from, from his perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the logic. So, but when it came time for when I, you know, when I was sexually harassed in school, you know, on a regular basis or, you know, and things like that, you know, it was, you know, it was just like, okay, well tell them to buy you a bra and this and that when I'm literally, you know, when I'm fighting, you know, cause you know, boys would ask, you know, boys are pervy. They're, you know, they're little assholes. You know, they just figured out that, you know, that they can ejaculate and, and, and there's all this new stuff. So they want to test it out. And, you know, they're down for, you know, grab assing and, boom, mm-hmm. you know, tit grabbing and all that stuff. And, yeah. and I was unfortunately subjected to that. And even yeah. by, you know, at the time when, um, you know, guys who were gay was mm-hmm. ready, readily, you know, to accept themselves and admit to themselves that that's who they were because they were hiding it from everybody else. Yeah. They would do that to me too, because I was the most well-endowed, you know, girl at mm-hmm. the school. Yeah. Well before my age. So I got a lot of that. So, um, you know, when I was coming to my dad, I'm like, Hey dad, what do I do about this? He didn't run, jump up, you know, go, go to the school, you know, ready to whoop some ass and, and things like that. So I learned, okay. I'm just going to have a conversation if I get that conversation and it's not going to be taken seriously. So mm-hmm. I just have to deal with it myself. So that's literally how I went about everything. And mm-hmm. so, and of course dealing with it, it like I've went through a lot of things in life that if those problems were addressed, if I had a voice, if I was able to say those things and if I felt like, you know, I was protected, um, then a lot of these things wouldn't happen. But mm-hmm. I mean, I'm here today and I'm able to, you know, talk about it and share, you know, experiences with others in hopes that, you know, it'll help them. I know there's a lot of, 
you know, I think oh, almost forgot. So the mom back to the mm-hmm. mother, the person. So uh-huh. she's tweeting and she has four kids. He's just one of the four. Mm-hmm. So I think also there probably would need to explore it another time is, you know, um, being a young adult, mm-hmm. you know, with children, because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a product of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I'm not saying that, being, you know, having a child at a young age just means that the kid is going to turn out a particular way. But when you have a kid that you're not necessarily, you know, mature for, and you have uh-huh. to age fast and you're overwhelmed. And especially in this time when it's hard to make a living mm-hmm. and, and, you know, it's, you have, you end up having several kids are trying to have a relationship. You're trying to hold the job then you're trying to keep everything together, have a social life. It's, you know, it's really difficult. Yeah. And so, you know, and so I'm pretty sure there's a lot of factors that goes into that you know, the reason why the mother did what she did other than just learn behavior. Yeah. Um, I, I believe she can come back better from this. She's still young. Um, mm-hmm. And it could be a learning. Oh, especially since they're dragging on the internet, she can definitely come. She can <laughs> definitely learn something from it. Hopefully, hopefully. Like, I hope she's not like one of those people that are just like, uh, oh, I don't care what people think about me. This is just how I am. You know, I hope I hope she. I mean, I hope she do because they've been like, yeah. Because in reading the article, it said that she, you know, she actually was. Um, she hit an adult while she was whooping her kid. Like, ended up hitting an adult who was present. Um, who I I don't know if it was an advisor from school or mm-hmm. a social worker, but there was another adult present at you know while she was. Um, oh, hitting. okay. See, I didn't even know she did that. <laughs> Yeah, so that so I had read a couple articles and 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 she said that you know quote unquote that you know she doesn't care mm. and she kept going. So mm. I think what it is is that you know there's a lot of built up you know frustration that I can you know probably guess what they are. I don't know if that's what they are exactly, but you know she. I hope I'm just hoping that you know she gets help and she learns to redirect her anger, her frustrations, and things like that, and and yes. other ways of of parenting. And like I said, I know young mothers, and um, I'm hoping that you know, in hearing this, you know, maybe it'll be another conversation that comes up where you know somebody you know is like, okay, what do I do when this happens, or you know, da 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 da. But simple things, like I said, you know. For every action, there is a reaction, cause and effect. You know, mm-hmm. if the kid does something, talk to them, explain why it's wrong. Mm-hmm. If they need to, if they need to, you know, go on a sort of punishment, you know, mm-hmm. it could be something as simple as taking something away that they love because, you know, not being able to, you know, do something that they love in that moment in time lasts longer than the physical pain. I mm-hmm. mean, I can, I mean, I, the bad feelings that I got, it'll hurt in that moment. You know, yeah. and I take that good ass nap, <laughs> and then wake up, and it's all and it's all done by dinner time. But you know, remembering that I can't, you know, play with my toys, or that I can't go and and watch TV for mm-hmm. a long time. You have a lot of time to sit and reflect. Well, do I want to do this again? You know what I mean? Is it worth mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Well, let me ask you this: What do you think about like possible fixes for stuff like that? Like, and what I mean by that is, and I know this is kind of. Uh, this is probably kind of going over the top or um, it, it, it could be it's a little bit out there but what if like 
if it came down to like a politician or or a governor or a mayor or or, or just the board of education or something like that, where they came okay. out with some type of a program for kids that could be impossible abusive situations and yeah there are stuff that are out there but it, and it doesn't have to necessarily be abusive situations it, it could be somebody who can and it would probably more than likely would have to be somebody that is african-american or, or black or or um you know you know what i'm saying but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. somebody that that could uh create a program for kids to go to just to be listened to and just to get attention. Now, I know they have big brother programs. They have school counselors. They have different things like that. But I think the bigger step to that is actually, I mean, not to cut you off. Oh, no, you're um, good. You're but, good. But to to have it for adults. Because yeah, 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 I agree. Think, adults think that we have all the answers and we don't. And and because we're at this particular age, even with other adults, when somebody's trying to tell you something, I can't uh-huh. tell you how many times that, like, even with you know my own relatives, nobody wants to listen to anything and they think that right. So you know, I think that's what you know what's you know what would be the biggest thing that would change (laughs) all of the stuff you know upside you know right side up where you know there can be a balance in a community where we're trusting each other and where you know we're actually helping each other right um kids you know kids are receptive teenagers are even though it's harder teenagers are still receptive i just find it harder for adults to learn and i'll give you a prime example my dad asked me to he would ask me to get songs for him. Mm-hmm. Like, if you have this song, da 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 da, can you get it from your iTunes? Da 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 da. Yeah. Okay, Dad. Well, at a point where I grew up and I'm like, I'm working, I'm not around as much and things like that, he still wants me to do it. Okay, how about I teach you so you can know how to do it so when I'm not around? No, I want you to do it. <laughs> that is a good example. That is. So, that's the thing is he you know they're not receptive to anything because learning anything beyond that is going to is they feel like it's too complicated it's too much yeah and it's like you become closed off when you're supposed to continuously get wise until the point you you know of your death or till you get amnesia or whatever the case is mm-hmm. every day is a learning experience yeah. but adults you know you know our parents in particular are people who tend to turn off after a particular while you can't teach them about parenting you can't teach them anything about this or that because they've done it already yeah in, in their mind and and it's done and, and, what they, and what they know is that so i feel like it's you know it's trying to get you know that generation you know our parents and the elderly to look at things you know um from a different perspective and mm-hmm. understand you know okay i did this i didn't mean it you know, mm-hmm. forgive me, how can I be of assistance? You know, mm-hmm. that's that's what that is. And even young mothers too, you know, if somebody heard them, who's not talking to them? Are their coworkers talking behind their back? I mean, what are they bringing home? Did they get into it with their lover? Did they just lose their job? Are they, you know, are they struggling to make ends meet? Are they living mm-hmm. rent, you know, month, you know, uh, paycheck to paycheck? Yeah. Why, why are they acting out this way and onto their children? And why are their children you know, acting out the way that they do in school or with, you know, getting into fights or, you right. know, saying what they say. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 
the way that we deal with things is a learned behavior. And if, if we can unlearn that and start to implement these other healthy aspects of, you know, of teachings and, and, you know, and reprimanding our children. Now I'm not saying some kids don't deserve to be popped because some things can only be, you know, <laughs> you know air something and let you know, like real quick, don't do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh-huh. You can't always sit and, and talk to somebody. Sometimes it requires an immediate response. So a good, a flick, you know, an ear or something like that, hand pop, you know, of course, warranted. But mm-hmm. effectively, you know, if some if if you can make your child understand, mm-hmm. then more often than not, I feel like things will turn out differently. Yeah, I, yeah, I definitely agree. I agree. And also kids, they need um not just kids, I mean, even uh teenagers and adults, we need just more examples of of black men and women uh, doing that, of black men and women just um, being expressive and uh, being kind-hearted and being nice and smiling and saying hi and stuff, you know, just just uh, creating positive vibes. I know that's been a been just one of those things just floating around on the internet, you know, people saying good vibes and this and that, but it really needs to be a thing. It really needs to be a thing where you know, uh, adults create good vibes and people are willing to listen and not just rage on somebody and, and mistreat them. And, or, and, and, you know, they don't even realize that they're mistreating someone. They, they actually think that they're, you know, uh, that they're correct or, or disciplining someone, you know? So, but, but yeah, uh, I think it, like what we said at the beginning, it does start in the home. Um, but a lot of people aren't fortunate to have a good home. So society needs to take responsibility and uh, do b- good by one another. I mean, I know the way I'm speaking, it sounds impossible, but if you get some type of a message out there, you know, just to let people know, hey. You know, it's, it's definitely possible. It's just, is is the drive there? Because I mean, before this, you know, we had, you know, Black people we had a community we took care of each other you know what i mean yeah yeah we watched each other's kids and things like that it was a Mm -hmm. community Mm -hmm. but yeah you're absolutely right you know social um you know factors economic factors Mm -hmm. and other things that are set in place you know within america has you know completely destroyed that bond and you know between each other and so we don't have that anymore and this is just the start of a way to how to get back but um yeah. yeah, so I think I think that would be a good place to start. What you mentioned as a teenager, so because Lord knows a lot happened with me as a teenager. <laughs> so, um, Thankfully, yeah. it makes two of us. But yeah, that <laughs> be a good place. That'll be a good place to start. Um, yes. now on that, I think I think I'm all spent out. How about you? I think I said on this topic as much as I wanted to say. I know probably as soon as we end this, I'm going to think about a million other things I could have said or wanted to bring up, but I'm not even going to stress about it. I feel like we did pretty good, you know, this first little time around. And Mm -hmm. I know I got a lot of other subjects that we could talk about, especially within the Black community next time. Oh, oh yeah, me too, me too, me too. too. (laughs) Thank you for joining me on Ankh's Talk. Um, about mm-hmm. these crazy talks about life, and I look forward to the next time. Cool, cool. It's been real. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right, Mr. Fonte. All right, Miss Mahogany. You have a good night.
Bye. Bye.